0: I think I can sum up the show for you with one word,
1: nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis.
2: He's the whiz, and nobody beats him.
1: This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. On the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network.
2: Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 96, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, What's Wrestling Podcast about? We said nothing, and thankfully they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the Mammoth, Brian Malonis.
1: Oh, the Mammoth? I don't, I don't like the Mammoth.
2: No, that, that was Randall Keo's, at Randall Keo on Twitter.
1: I know, and a lot of people have said that. Big Scott texted me and said he really liked the mammoth, and it just, and I know I'm a big guy, but I don't know. When you say mammoth, it just really sounds like just fat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you don't want that to be your. Uh...
1: <laughs> I mean, I know I am, but like, you know, yeah. I don't love the mammoth, no. All
2: right, now how about the rest of these, though? Rand- Randall Q has some more of them. The Steel City Slugger. Eh.
1: <laughs> oh, are boy. you really gonna put me on the spot here like this
2: yes mean machine brian malonis mean machine Malonus.
1: i don't i don't know what that that connotates
2: cj Malonus for curtain jerker
1: <laughs> you'd like that one
2: yes main event malonis
1: of course that goes without saying
2: <laughs> well there's plenty of them here everyone's chiming in on twitter uh make sure you get yours in for yeah there's
1: a lot of like maulers and brawlers and stompers and things of that nature <laughs>
2: yeah it's kind of a it's kind of a far cry from the kingpin so it's i guess you got to find something in the middle right
1: right and that that, that i kind of gave everybody the uh the preview of my new logo which is my new t-shirt mike that is coming out so
2: There's plenty of news coming up on t-shirts for the Kingpin and all sorts of things.
1: Yes, not designed by you, I might add.
2: You Well, yeah, I'm busy. (laughs) Keep sending in your suggestions for the Kingpin's new nickname, because as we've mentioned in the past, the Kingpin is uh, not coming to Ring of Honor. The Kingpin name, I should say.
1: Right, exactly.
2: Uh, Something that is coming up, Brian, is episode 100 of this podcast. Can you believe that?
1: You know, it... Sometimes, Mike, it feels like we've done 200.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or more, yeah. (laughs) It is coming next month, March 19th to be exact, episode 100 of this podcast. And I had an idea that I kind of ran by you before we started recording. Uh, You seemed a little unsure about it, but we're going to do the wrestling podcast about nothing roast. Hmm. (laughs) Yes. We want people to call... The voicemail line, 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. In the next month before episode 100 and bury us. Do what you got to do about me, about Brian, about the podcast. Let us know how you really feel. The WPAN roast episode 100, 401-584-9726. Feel any better about it?
1: I'm sure the guy who's about to join us in a few minutes here will be sprinting to his phone <laughs> to do this.
2: <laughs> if he doesn't get it all out today. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Also, we want you to go to the WPAN.com. That is our hub. That is where you can find all the information about us, about the podcast, where you can subscribe, all those things, all those tings, thewpan.com. And, uh...
1: Vito. <laughs> <laughs> uh...
2: Before we move forward with the podcast, we have a little bit of an announcement here. Uh, we've said for a few weeks now how we're leaving the New Age Insiders feed. Uh, well, we recently sat down with those guys, and we've come to the mutual decision to part ways with the NAI Wrestling Network. Uh, you know, there's absolutely no heat at all. It's completely amicable. They kind of allowed us to be us. And we're grateful to those guys, Jason, Liam, and Bill, for the platform that, uh, you know, kind of allowed more people to hear us and know about the wrestling podcast about nothing.
1: Yeah, I think um, as they have some new exciting things going on, and uh, I think we have some new exciting things kind of we're cooking in the background. So, perfect time right now for us to. Get back out there on our own, and of course, we're you know we're we're grateful to the New Age Insiders, and we'll continue to obviously endorse them, and you know please continue listening to them, and what they're doing over there is fantastic. But it's time for us to get back out there on our own, Mike. Huh? We're out there, we're loving every minute of it.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're great at what they do. I listen every week still, and I'll continue to listen to Age Insiders. And anyone that's listening to this, continue to listen to Age Insiders, and. Please continue to listen to us. And the way you can do that is to subscribe to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed. This is the last week we're going to be on the NAI feed. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, It's the same feed we've had from the very start. Lock yourself in. Hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podbean. Go to the WPAN.com, our website, where you can find all the subscribe buttons to make it really easy for you so you can get the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing sent directly to you uninterrupted each Monday. And yeah, once. Once again, thank you very much to Jason Maltov, Liam Stryker, Bill Neville, the New Age Insiders. Great guys, and thanks so much for what you are able to do for us. And, uh, you yeah, know, we're going out and doing our own thing, Kingpin.
1: Of course, that's what we've always done, Mike.
2: And we're going to do our own thing here today on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing because the day has arrived. Yes, Mike Mills of the Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast is back to defend his Uncivil War crown. He's going to rip these young guys out there today in a debate with the guy who hates that antiquated old wrestling, our own Brian Malonis. It is Uncivil War 2, old school versus new school coming up, plus your promo about nothing and a whole lot more. But first, Festivus is not just a date on the calendar here at the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. It lives in our hearts every single day, 24-7, 365 as the kids say. So it's not just for December 23rd, it's a Festivus for the rest of the year, too. So for that reason, here on the WPAN, we are airing our grievances each and every week, and now you're going to hear about it. Brian Malonis, what do you got for us this week?
1: Well, Mike, I hate to say it, but again, you're the subject. Jesus. Here I am, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I'm scrolling through social media. And I see a little announcement.
2: Uh, yeah. Do you
1: know what I'm talking about, Mike? Yes, I do. Okay. So Mike grievance says, why the hell did I have to find out on social media that you got your wife knocked up? <laughs> huh? This is unbelievable. You could have given me a heads up. This impacts on both of us here. I, I, would, I would think being your podcasting partner that uh, you know, I would have been informed ahead of time. And also, considering the child is going to be named after me, why was I not told before the general whoa, public?
2: Whoa, was? whoa, 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 whoa! What?
1: Well, if you're going to name your child Brian.
2: What if it's a girl,
1: Brianna? Brianna. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, I name my son Michael after you. I thought that. I thought that's how this. <laughs> I thought that's how this worked. I name my kid after you, you. You name your kid after me.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't think I signed any sort of pact to make that official
1: what are you trying to say
2: well i'm trying to say is that uh yes there's going to be a little baby coming this summer to the crockett family i'm very little excited brian or brianna <laughs> uh very excited my wife's very excited of course don't think this is going to change anything with the wrestling podcast about nothing we're still going to come at you each and every week but um
1: i feel like you're avoiding the uh the real heart of the matter here michael what's that the name! You're, you're oh, wavering. I don't understand the wavering on the name.
2: That's the heart of the matter. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll have to get back to you on that. We'll, we'll mull that one over. We'll mull that over.
1: Well, congratulations, buddy. Thank you. Thank you Welcome. Very welcome to the club.
2: Yeah. Uh, everything's going to stay the same, right? Not, everything's going to be good. <laughs> right? Keep,
1: tell, keep telling yourself that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as for my grievance, I mean, you mentioned it, that... We put it out there in the world that I'm going to be a daddy, which is weird to say. So, I mean, I don't have a grievance this week. Everything's good. I'm happy.
1: Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? What? You come up with this freaking segment, and now, and now you're not going to have a grievance? Well, I'll take a second grievance then. <laughs> oh, no grievances with you for shit canning on your own creation.
2: <laughs> oh God! God, let me have a moment of of, of happiness, of joy.
1: Absolutely not.
2: <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> that's not allowed. <laughs>
1: not on my watch, baby.
2: <laughs> As a two-time dad, that is a yeah. That's a foreign concept, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you did it though, Mike. Huh? You did it. Your boys can swim,
2: huh? They sure can. That got a lot of uh, uh, likes on social media when you posted that on my on my feed. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: yeah i was going back and forth on postnet or not i was like "Ooh, maybe uh people who aren't friends or <laughs> uh, of or fans of seinfeld that uh <laughs> that, that know you but don't necessarily know me might take that wrong or weird no it's was, it was
2: very good a picture of george costanza it just says my boys can swim indeed they can
1: don't think you're the number one dad all got right?
2: <laughs> gonna get that t-shirt and quick um, <laughs> All right, so we got uh, our buddy standing by here is about to uh, kill that new school wrestling. He hates that stuff. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing's second debate. In episode 44 of this podcast, two titans. In the pro wrestling podcasting world went one-on-one, arguing over which wrestling region was superior, the North or the South. Now, one year later, we go to war again to finally find out once and for all, which era is better, the wrestling we grew up with or the wrestling today? Our combatants both have histories in the business. One grew up watching his heroes in the southern territories and then worked with some of them in the 90s. And the other said his prayers, ate his vitamins, and believed in Hulkamania so strongly that he became a wrestler in the 2000s and remains firmly embedded in the modern wrestling scene today. First, may I introduce again, representing today's pro wrestling product, the WPAN Zone, Ring of Honor Wrestling Zone, Kingpin brian malonis hello
1: hello well it's about time you put that in my introduction
2: there you go (laughs) and brian's opposition for this debate is old school through and through and he looks back on wrestling's past every week twice a week on his podcast booking the territory he is the reigning defending uncivil war champion it's the menace mike mills hello sir
0: Hey, Crockett. Hey, before we get started, uh, Malonis, uh, I know you and I have had our battles, but i I got to gotta tell this guy something real quick. Uh, Crockett, yes. come on, man. You send, I do work for a living. You, you know that, right? I, I like, you know, 9 to 5 type deal. Me you too, know, the, yeah. One of those type of gimmicks where you go to work. Okay. So this is kind of to address Brian Fury, who came on my show a few months back and told me how unprepared I was for the Uncivil War One. Brian Fury, I'm talking to you. I get a load of questions that I'm supposed to address tonight, like three hours ago from the time we're recording now mind you i'm at work at this time so i can't review it do any research can't look up and really get my thoughts together so if i come across as unprepared it's because the damn producer of this fucking podcast mike crockett (laughs) who gets blown up at the two count can't send me the topics ahead of time i mean it's just it really just it angers me so i wanted to say that off the top so if if i come across unprepared that's why all right we got that done now i got something else to say too okay this is uh this is gonna be a strange debate because not you so much malonis now and this is weird because we're getting along and i don't know how to it, it just confuses me sometimes <laughs> i am i listen to this show every single week because you guys you do a great job i might not agree with everything when y'all are blowing hulk hogan or you <laughs> know doing whatever to the wwe and f but i will say this mike crockett Yes. Which promotion do I cover for PWTorch.com?
2: I think it's Ring of Honor, isn't it?
0: Oh, Ring of Honor. And is Ring of Honor new schooled or old school?
2: I guess it's new school.
0: Whoa! have you read any of those articles, Mike Crockett?
2: You just bury everything.
0: I don't. Brian Malonis, (laughs) have you read any of those articles?
1: I have indeed.
0: What percentage do I put over as being basically a hit every single episode i'm gonna say about 90 to 95 percent, but i'll let you weigh in
1: yeah i would say i was gonna say 90 percent. that was exactly what i was gonna say so
0: let me i say all that to say to the audience out there listening as i joined this program tonight the guy that they're trying to position is the person who hates the new school covers one of the best new school promotions there is if you want to label it that and I always have glaringly good things to say about that promotion. Well <laughs> and the other part to that is no one is paying me to say those things unlike some of these jack-offs that cover the WWE that you know Vince is stuffing money in their pockets. And that's no disrespect to the WWE talent there because you guys have friends there now. I am a big war machine fan. Congrats to them. If you're listening to this, Hansen and Ray Rowe congrats very much glad to see you guys there can't wait to watch nxt and see you guys rip it up my point is though they're not paying me to put ring of honor over crockett but i do so because i like the product i like it they do a good job they really do it all makes sense they tell good stories they got old school guys there in a new school environment like silas young and beer city bruiser who before Malonus even got involved with them i would put them over all the time Jay lethal I'm going to talk more about this when we get into the show, but I don't really hate the new school. It's like a false narrative that you guys have created by bashing me every single week on this show.
1: You know what this is really about, Mike Mills? What is it? Crockett is very, very crafty. And and it just dawned on me uh, while you were talking about the fact that you cover Ring of Honor for PW Torch. He's trying to get me to piss you off. So you bury me in your in, in your uh, <laughs> weekly article. That's what's going on here. I'm hip to the game now.
2: That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I, I vehemently deny that accusation.
0: And and here's the thing. Here's the other part. This is not new. Me following Ring of Honor. I mean, it's new as far as I didn't start getting it in my area till around 2015. But you can go back and listen to. My first conversation with Brian Fury when he was in the Ring of Honor top prospect tournament. I wasn't covering it for the torch then, but I was watching it every week, and that's new school. I mean, so Crockett, I think you're trying to crock up some shit.
2: <laughs> well, Mike Mills, did you or did you not stop talking about any current wrestling on your podcast, Book of the Territory?
0: I did. And let me address that. I'm glad you asked that. So. The issue I have with trying to follow WWE these days is I'm a married man with two, I don't want to say young children because they're getting older it seems, you know. But it's hard to follow that product week in and week out without the use of a DVR and fast forward button. So what I try to do is if I'm home on Monday nights or Tuesday nights, I do try to have it on in the background so I can kind of know a little bit about what's going on. I pick and choose the things that I think I'm interested in or that are coming across interesting to me. You know, I got to really start watching NXT now. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this cause you know, Hanson's you guys friend. I've really, I've thought for a while that they were the best tag team in the world. And I'm glad they're going to have a chance to show it now, but I cannot sit there for three hours and 15 minutes, almost 10 minutes, every single Monday and watch, the stuff they shovel out, and it's no disrespect to the talent. So we stopped covering it because it was just a massive undertaking, and I hate it, I hate to say this, a lot of it just wasn't interesting. I mean, there are interesting parts, there are interesting things that I like about WWE, but when I can only sink my teeth into 30% of the program because we cut 20-minute-long promos all the time with people who hate each other, it's just like, come on, man, this is not... It's not real to me. So, yeah, we stopped covering it. It's, and, again, no disrespect to the talent because I think they worked their tails off. But some of the writing and angles, eh, it just leaves a lot to be desired.
2: I just thought, Mike, that no one waves the flag for old school like you do. And I thought oh, that yeah. this would be a great venue for you.
0: That is true. I do wave the old school flag. And don't let Brian Malone lie to you. He waves that bitch too. He just doesn't like to admit it because it's bad publicity for him. (laughs) He's still in the game, so
1: he's got
0: to take up for the new school a little more than he probably wants to. But that's just my take on things.
2: Well, why don't we get into this here and really get into the meat of the debates?
0: Yeah, let's fucking do it.
2: All right. Well, I think we're going to do this the same way as last time, right? Uh, We'll hear out the two arguments and then put up a hashtag on Twitter. I know Malonis maybe didn't prefer that method. Do you have any other ideas, Brian?
1: Yeah, whatever. All his minions are going to come out in full force (laughs) again.
0: (laughs) I I remember an episode where Malonis said, the only reason he beat me is because he's got more of a following on social media and because of his show. Gee, thanks, (laughs) Malonis. This is a backhanded compliment. <laughs> so he admitted defeat, but he threw it out there with the narrative of he's got more followers. What the fuck?
1: I I look at it I look at it this way, Mike. You were like current WWE product in that uh you're more popular, but I was more like Ring of Honor with the smart folks and the people that really know what's better. Those are the people that voted for me.
0: Yawn. Okay.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, uh, Malonis, with you on TV every week now, those followers are probably shooting up. I mean, this thing's going to be a blowout now, I think, in your favor.
1: Perhaps. Seemingly. Seemingly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let, me, let me caution the Ring of Honor guys listening to this. I write a column on the PW Torch. Let me remind you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I can put you over if you vote for me. Uh-huh. You you can pay me without paying me.
1: Mike, I can't wait I can't wait till we're doing the uh, till 10 years from now we're doing a podcast uh, and we're covering Ring of Honor much like the Pritchard podcast and your and your writings begin with Mills wrote.
2: <laughs> God. All right, so use the hashtag Uncivil War 2. If you want to vote... Like the number two? Yes, the number two. Once you're uh, done listening to this podcast, vote for who you want. Use hashtag UnCivilWar2. Is it Malonis? Is it Mills? We're about to find out. Okay, one last order of business before we get going, guys. Where do you guys think the Attitude Era falls in this debate? Do you consider it old school? Is it new school? Or is it kind of like some sort of bridge period and maybe shouldn't be considered it at all? What do you think, uh, Malonis?
1: Oh, man. I don't... You know, it's... Christ, the attitude era was like almost twenty years ago at this point. So I mean, I I look at it this way. So when I was growing up and and you know, and I was a kid in the nineties, I would have definitely looked at like late seventies, early eighties wrestling as old school. So I I think at this point, yeah, and 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 this is making me feel really old, that that era of pro wrestling probably falls into the old school. I I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you why it's old school. Malonus, because the attitude era, what years are you talking about? Just just give me those years and I'll tell you and then I'll explain it to a T. It's
1: like what, like ninety-seven to like two thousand and
0: one-ish, somewhere in there? Yeah. Right. So let's say you go so ninety-seven, just say ninety seven and two thousand. We are further away from two thousand than that era was away from the mid eighties when that was what I would think at the time was old school. So those two eras in wrestling, the attitude era and the territory wrestling era, are closer together than we are now from the attitude era and the new school of 2018. Does that make sense? It's
1: crazy.
0: So to <laughs> me, just based on that, now at the time I, I would have said, in 99, I would have said, this is the new school. But just based on the fact that that era of attitude, of the attitude era, is closer to the territory era, I think you got to lump it closer towards that than you do here and now. I mean, it's uh, in new school.
1: And for, and for most of our audience who has no clue what the fucking territories were. <laughs> That's the other part. <laughs> do we want to explain that to them?
0: <laughs> but, no. But you're laughing, Malone, you're laughing, but here's the thing about the Attitude Era. That shit started 22 years ago. So, you got people listening now who, if they're like 21, 22, 23 years old, they have faint memories. They don't even have memories of the Attitude Era.
1: They don't even remember WCW being a thing. Exactly.
0: <laughs> like, I remember when Sting came out, and it, you know, and they did the angle with him and Triple H. There's a whole generation of people watching this who have no clue who he is.
1: Oh, there's that guy from TNA. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Unless they watch TNA, they knew him from there. Yeah, other than that, no. So I think the Attitude Era falls in the old school. Uh, just my opinion.
1: Hey, here, yeah, before we get started, here, I'll give you a little piece. This this girl I know, I have a little Hulk Hogan uh Figurine and she goes, Oh, Hulk Hogan. Is that Brooke Hogan's dad? (laughs) Jesus. That's nice. I just looked at her and I was like, What the fuck?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just slinked in your seat.
1: That's real classy.
2: (laughs) All right. So I guess, uh, the Attitude Hour is your domain, Mike Mills, if you choose to use that as part of your argument. Okay, so we will begin the second Uncivil War, uh, like last time, with opening statements. What do you hope to prove here today in Uncivil War 2? We will start with you, Mr. Mike Mills, your opening statement, please.
0: What do I hope to prove? Yes. God, I have no clue. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I this is a conundrum, because I don't hate the new school. I don't hate it. It's a myth. It's like, it's like something that the WPA
2: created. But you much prefer the old school. Can we say that?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I prefer it, but it doesn't mean I want to bury the new school.
2: Well, you won't have to. All you have to do is argue for the old school. You don't have to bury the new school in the process.
1: Okay. I think I've already won. <laughs> I think I've already won. <laughs> Throw
2: it in the towel. My
0: objective is to argue how great the old school was. Yeah. While, while at the same time not burying a new school. How's that sound, Crockett?
2: There you go. Brian Malone, it's your opening statement, please.
1: I. <laughs> he's making my point.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mike, I'll just I'll just start it with Mike Mills' own words. Hashtag NXT takeover. Main event went from a slow start to freaking spectacular. Jesus Christ. What a match for the NXT championship. Damn, that was good. I'll, I, I'll use his own words against him. That was as new school of a match as you get. So, that's my opening statement.
0: It's funny you mention that main event. It started, and I literally was like, this is moving slow. And man, it picked up. And before I knew it, that main event was outstanding. It was outstanding. Those two put on a hell of a show. I still don't think... I'm going to argue with Brian Fury because I know he's listening to this. Fury said that was the best NXT TakeOver match ever. I think... Sasha and Bailey had the best one ever,
1: but you're not biased on that. What the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> like, I just think
0: they went out there, they told the story, they worked the injured hand angle, they scared the shit out of me at one point um <laughs> but that was a great match. so I think, plus, they had done something at that point to me that I think women hadn't done before on that stage, even though it was technically not a main product like Raw or SmackDown so that put it over there for me so i was that was one of the best matches i've ever seen and i think it was the best one now that's not knocking almas and gargano because that was incredible it was my god i watched that and all i watched it back like the next day just to just to like soak it all in great match those two oh they put on a hell of a performance so yeah i hate the new school crockett let's get started <laughs> I'm going to kill this false narrative today. That's my objective. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. Let's get into the questions. I'm going to ask each of you pointed questions about your respective side, the old school versus the new school, and then the other will have an opportunity to rebut afterwards. So the first question is for the Kingpin, Brian Malonus, co-host of the wrestling podcast about nothing. And here we go. In the first uncivil war, Brian, Mr. Mills rather astutely pointed out, that if the territory still existed today, you'd probably have a full-time job in professional wrestling. While today's independents afford a number of hard-working men and women full-time employment, wouldn't you say that the old-school territory system was the best way to give more people job security in the wrestling business? Uh,
1: you know, Mike, you know, I'm thinking about the territory system. I mean, when you're talking about, I, I guess, full-time employment, there was... More jobs to go around, I guess. Right? Is that what you're Is that what you're asking me, or what, that's what you're saying here? Yeah. I don't know. But when you're talking about job security, I'm not so sure about that because for every Dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair or Andre the Giant or, or any of these other uh, guys who are big, big names in the territory, era there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of guys who came in, flamed out, and went away just as quickly. So when it comes to are there more available slots? Yeah, but I don't think it added to longevity of people's careers. I think people were chewed up and spit out just as quickly as they, as they always were. And I'll argue now that with social media on, on your side, you know with, without, without any big promotions, without you're actually able now in the territory days, you were confined to these small areas for lengths of time. Now you can, you can cover the entire country and the entire world all at the same time, not just through social media, but one weekend you can be wrestling in the New England area, the next weekend the Midwest, you can go over to the UK for a stretch and then go to Japan. So you're not tied down. You can constantly be moving and constantly uh, you know publicizing yourself on social media. There are plenty of guys who are making very, very good livings without having any sort of you know wrestling body like the WWE. Or the AWA or the NWA slash Crockett promotions behind them.
2: All right, Mike Mills, your rebuttal.
0: Well, here's the problem with that question. I'm gonna throw it. In. Mike Crockett doesn't know what he's doing here. <laughs> so define the independence, because there is a large difference between 1995 independence and 2018 independence. The last five years. The independents have exploded almost to the fact that they are now almost like a territory system in that there are an abundance of people out there who are able to actually make a living working just the independents. Malonis, would you agree with that?
1: I would agree with that statement.
0: So when you say independents, are we talking 1995 and 96 when they were shoveling shit to us for pay? Or are we talking, you know, 2016, 17, 18, last four years that it's exploded and it's really taken off and social media's helped it? Those are two different extremes when you're talking about the independence. Now, territories. Look, I'm sorry. You can't knock the territory system. It, Malonis is right. Yeah, you had people who flamed out and didn't do anything, but hell, that's, part of the independence too. So that works both ways there. However, with the territory system, it allowed many more guys to wrestle full-time more than now in today's current independence scene. You could go to a territory, work full-time, earn a living and not have to worry about anything else. I mean, I think it's a little bit more, you had more people who were full-time professional wrestlers, as I'll define as paying their own bills, just through professional wrestling, living off of just professional wrestling than you do even in 2018 independent talents.
2: There you go, Mike Mills. I like that.
0: I'm glad I got your approval.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's question two, and it's for you. Mike Mills from Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's without question that the role of women in the industry has evolved. Female talent back in the day was seen as an occasional attraction on a card, or a trophy piece for a male talent rather than the focal point. Can you point to a way women were used in the old days that didn't portray them as simple eye candy?
0: I mean, this is, uh, what I'm going to say is kind of sad. And this is my perception. They were almost like the circus when they rolled into town years ago, you know, like Moolah's crew and everything. I mean, you've heard the stories. They would roll into town and the girls would come in and they'd be in, it would be the girls match and, You know, they they came in a few times a year into the territories. You can't even compare that in the territory days, how the women were used to now. I mean, it's just, goddamn, there's no comparison. Especially, and then here's the thing about that. So you went through an age in the territories where they were almost like a sideshow attraction to the wrestling. Oh, and there's going to be a women's match on today's card. Have you guys seen, I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of the old territory footage in various territories where the women work. Have you, Crockett? Yeah. The mid eighties or so. Okay. Was it treated like, in your eyes, did they, did they seem like, um, you know, the circus was coming in town. Here's a special attraction type thing.
2: Yeah. It's very occasional. It's very occasional. It was
0: almost like when they brought the little people in, I don't know what you're supposed to call them now. So I'm not trying to offend anyone. The um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, 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 the little, little people. people. Yeah. Yeah. When they brought the little people in, it was, it was kind of like the same concept so you can't compare that. You can't. It, that doesn't compare. And then, then you move into the, I guess, the Attitude Era and the when the Divas Era started. You guys are those WWF historians. When did the Divas belt uh come into play? What year was that? Because I'm trying to determine if that would be considered. Nah, I think the whole Divas thing is post Attitude Era. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. So that's that's new school. So then you had that happen. Now here's the thing, uh, Malones and I actually had this discussion on my show once. There was actually talented women there, but they still were treated as eye candy. Just eye candy. Some of them could go, but they were eye candy. So, uh, I mean, that's not really a good thing. So, you went through a transition period. Then you have now where they're not, well, they're beautiful, but they can wrestle. They can go. All of them Sasha, Charlotte, Bailey, Becky, Natalia. These women can go. They can go better than some dudes. A lot of the dudes. And they can tell stories. So I'm torn. I mean, I'm not torn. I should have said I'm torn. I'm not torn. I mean, it's it's new school on this one. How how can I argue that? It's it's a, it's like comparing apples to oranges. But they did go through a phase where they went from – because they were wrestlers in the territories. I mean, if you go back and look at some of that stuff, they were actually wrestlers. Um, some of them may have been eye candy. Some of them weren't. And then they went through a phase of they really weren't wrestlers. Some of them were, but most of them were just eye candy. And now they have gone to a phase where, yeah, you got some eye candy there, but damn, they know what they're doing.
2: So there were some women back in the day that weren't just out there to be looked at, right?
0: Uh, of course. Yeah. It's, it's, this is a hard one to talk about because they were treated like, like the, it was like, oh, the circus is in town. The women are out here. And now it's, that doesn't happen. You have women wrestling on every single Raw and SmackDown nowadays. Yes, you do. So it's—I mean, how can I say, "Oh, new school sucks" when it comes to the women? No, it's great. See, I told you, new school's good. There you go, Malone. It's your turn.
2: (laughs) Do you have anything to add, Brian, to his argument, which is your argument? You know, I just—I just,
1: you know, I'll just piggyback off it and say. I'm just grateful that Stephanie McMahon started the Divas Revolution and that we get to see you know some of the best women's wrestling that's ever existed today. Thank you, Stephanie McMahon, for doing that for all of us. <laughs> I'm not even taking the bait on that.
2: Come
0: on! <laughs> Next you're going to tell me she created womankind. <laughs> I'm not taking the bait.
2: All right, then let's move on to question three. It's for the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Brian, credibility is hard to come by in pro wrestling. Let's admit, it's hard to sell someone on today's product when their only exposure is a viral video of Joey Ryan flipping someone with his dick. With all the outlandish things going on in the business in recent years, the Broken Hardy videos, the Young Bucks 87 super kicks, the slow motion matches, grenades being used in matches, what can you say to convince an old school fan that wrestling today is anything other than a joke?
1: Well, I, I don't think it's a joke. I think it's just different than what you grew up with. It's the evolution of the entertainment of pro wrestling. I, I think there's been like this long time stigma, not stigma, basically like this separation of like the entertainment. Like my, we talked about it in North vs South, Mike Mike Mills loves to rip on the the shitty entertainment wrestling from the North um, and talk about like the work rate and the types of matches they had in the South, and and I think you got a group of guys now that love the entertainment aspect of it, and then look at the the kind of work rate and the actual technical aspect of it, and you combine that with some of the athleticism, and, and it's kind of like this hybrid style. So it's it's just it's different and it's creating that something for everybody. When you talk about somebody like a like a Joey Ryan, Joey Ryan's kind of bringing that attitude era type of stuff. It's risque, it's not for children. It's it's for uh, adult fans. The broken hearty stuff is I mean so entertaining you loved it mike uh it it, it hooked you back in and, and and you're from the old school so i think that stuff can really suck people in and yeah i know the stuff with the you know criticism of the things like the young bucks with all the super kicks and and whatnot but go to a building where all that's going on and, and the crowd is absolutely electric and that's what it's ultimately about so it's to convince somebody, throw all your preconceived notions of what you think you know and just look at it for what it is and that's entertainment. And all entertainment evolves over time. I I, I mean, look at comedy. Look at television programs. I mean, when television started, we came from an era of Leave it to Beaver and My Three Sons and now we got, what, USA Network's going to be allowing the F-bomb now. I mean, it's the evolution or de-evolution, I guess, of you know entertainment but it evolves it changes with time you know give it a chance but if you go in with a closed mind and no professional wrestling is is two guys in tights with no personalities grappling each other then you might not like it but if you go in with an open mind i think you'll find that you love it
2: all right mike mills what do you have to say
0: so on this question you specifically mentioned Joey ryan broken Hearties, and young bucks so I'll take a stab at those three. The Joey Ryan thing, I think it's dumb. It doesn't do anything for me. But I was talking to someone who knows him a couple of years ago when this thing first started. And he was like, Look, man, Joey Ryan was a real good he he is a real good wrestler. And for years he did what wrestlers do and just went out there and did what he did and got no attention. Not no attention, but the point was is like, you know, nobody really knew who he was, and he started doing that spot and all of a sudden it exploded. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know it's that old thing i forget the entertainer who used to say it it's uh worry about things when they stop talking about you well they're still talking about him with the dick spot so who am i to knock him for that i think it's dumb but pff, there are people who like it so whatever i can't knock that so i'm a fair guy when it comes to that uh broken Hardies. that shit was hilarious with senior benjamin that was just some good tv it was it had me rolling it had me invested in tna at the time I liked it. I enjoyed it. Really good stuff. The Young Bucks, that's a tricky one. And um, I don't know if the Young Bucks listen to the show, but I don't... Like, I think people take, when I say things about them the wrong way, those dudes are hustlers. I credit them for every bit of how they have hustled. And they got this successful YouTube channel. And they're selling t-shirts out the Wazoo, Pro Wrestling Tees. I mean, they... I mean, they've kind of created the blueprint of how to make money as an independent wrestler. And I mean, I know they're signed with R.O.H., but my point is, like, it's hard to knock that. The only thing I wish that they didn't do, and it's because I'm so old school, is the 50 super kicks in a match. It's just like it becomes mind-numbing. But to the point Malone just said, how do you argue it? The goddamn fans are going nuts every time they break out the super kicks. So it's like, well. It's getting over. People are coming to pay to see it. Who am I to knock it? So I don't, I don't have anything against those guys. I think they go out there and they work their tails off and they've done a great job marketing themselves and, you know, everybody wants to do the super kick party and all that good stuff. Not, it's not my cup of tea always because I grew up and Chris Adams would throw one stiff super kick and knock your head off in the next year so that your great-grandchildren would feel it, but it is what it is. They get over. They seem to be good dudes too, so I mean... I, you know, I can't knock them, so I'm I'm on the fence with this. I understand, I understand. Things evolve. The Joey Ryan thing I don't like because the dick spot is just dumb, but it gets them over. Broken Hearties I love. Young Bucks I'm on the fence on. Let me say this with the Young Bucks I won't turn the channel. I mean I watch it and I watch the matches, and I will say this they do put together some pretty creative stuff in their matches a lot of times. It just has no old school flair to it. It's completely new school. So like if you're old school to the core, like most old school guys. Like me, are they? They look at the young bucks and go, "Fuck them! Those little bastards!" Hey, you know, Bruiser Brody would squash their hit. Uh, you know, yeah, Bruiser probably would do something crazy, but it's hard to make that comparison because in thirty years, a lot's changed in pro wrestling, and you know, I I think we'll see more of the things that they do, and that's just a fact of life.
1: I I, I got a follow up to this. So recently, there was I think it was like some dipshit MMA fighter who made a comment about a GIF. With the Young Bucks, it also included uh, Flip Gordon. <laughs> Made a comment about some like, grown men watch this. And, I, and I'm pretty sure your mentor, your idol, Jim Cornette, had something to say about this too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Now, where do you fall on that? So, I think it was a clip from, wasn't there like a six-way match at the last pay-per-view? Flip? Yes. Who the hell was in that match? Flip was
1: in it, the Young Bucks were in it. I think Scorpio Sky was in it.
0: Yeah, see there was a so there was a sequence in that match that was just so much flippy shit. <laughs> and not just I'm not gonna lie, I watched it and I was like, huh, eh, okay. But the see the thing is, I don't hate it to the fact that it like makes me angry. But it just was like, eh, that's a whole lot of flips, man. Back in the day. Bruiser would have just walked in there and just started cleaning the house. And it's just kind of one of those things where, it, for me, it takes me out of it being real, even though I know it's a work. And that, it's hard sometimes to, like, sink my teeth into it because I start questioning the choreographed nature of it. Now, at the same time, you want to talk about Flip Gordon? To me, and I, I was telling this to Brian Fury last time I talked to him, he does things that are unique. He does the flips and stuff, but that dude's so agile Nobody else can do what he does. So the uniqueness of it and the athleticism and agility like impresses me to where I'm like, I get caught up in the match and go, damn, what's he going to do next? That's going to impress me because he flips and dives. But am I making sense? Malonis, it's not the same type of flipping and diving. He's just like he's like a damn cat.
1: Yeah, his athleticism is just off the charts. It's ridiculous. It's
0: fucking insane. It's, it's unreal. And it's and, not just
1: the things he does. It's the ease in which he does them.
0: Right. Th- that's what I'm saying. It looks like natural the way it falls into a match. So, you know, I, not to knock him because I, I actually, every time I write something about him on PW Torch, it's always positive. That sequence that they showed, that loop of sequence that was going around on Twitter, yeah, I can see how it would make the old school fans go. This is some bullshit. they're just fucking drooling at the mouth ready for some old school guys to walk in there and knock some heads clean. You know what I'm saying? So I I understand both sides of it. It wasn't my favorite part of that match. Let me just get that out there. But, you know, you like what you like and you don't like what you don't like.
2: All right, I'm going to call an audible here. I don't think any good can come about me asking Mike Mills about uh, drug and steroid abuse from the 80s. (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I don't see him defending that as much as he is uh, not defended very much else with the old school yeah. stuff against the new school so i think we should move on
0: yeah there was a lot of there was a lot of deaths you know in the 80s 90s and i mean even now like not just the 80s 90s if you want to talk about the ecw era i mean god yeah I, I think I think you're doing the right thing let's uh let's move past that one i don't want I can't glorify doing drugs and steroids.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping, but dang navis all right we'll move on uh, yeah. all right Brian question for you when we were kids, we believed we thought what we were seeing was real, and the wrestlers told us it was and did everything in the ring to prove that it was. My last question to you revolved around some of the hokey stuff out there today. With the death of kayfabe, is the traditional, old school, believable pro wrestling match possible? And are there examples that you could point to of this?
1: Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. So I'll just talk about the kind of the, the whole kayfabe thing, and one with social media today and how small the world is. It's it's going to be damn near impossible, anyways, especially with the PC nature of everything and you you can't have a heel going out and shitting all over somebody in public and then they tweet about it and people jump all over it and it becomes a public relations nightmare for whether it's, you know, a company like a WWE that's publicly traded or even a company like Ring of Honor or Impact or New Japan Pro Wrestling. You just can't can't have that in 2018. And the other thing I always talk about is Movies or television shows, and you think of, you know, some of your favorite characters all time of movies, or you think of some of your favorite movies, and the entire time, you knew these were actors that were playing a role, uh, and that when they, when that movie was over, they weren't that person anymore. You know, Mark Hamill wasn't out fighting with lightsabers after Star Wars, you know, uh, and... I I think, yeah, you can get the fans lost in it, and and there can be that suspense of of disbelief, because people do it every single day when they go to a movie, when they watch a television show, uh, when they watch quote-unquote reality television. A lot of times you are, you not a lot of times, you're you're suspending your disbelief, and you're getting caught up uh, and, and, and lost in it. You know, one thing uh, recently that that I'll, that I'll, well, I mean, it's it's a different type of thing, right? I mean, now you get the fans that, you look at that NXT match where uh, those guys got a standing ovation after one of the, I don't remember which false finish it was, but people were completely caught up and, and lost in those matches. More recently, and you have to kind of go to a little, I guess, a little more extreme measures, because this certainly is an extreme measure, but you think about the Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton incident from, you know, a year and a half or however long ago that was, where he busted him open, you know, a a hard way at the top of the head, and and people, uh, myself included, didn't know what the hell we just watched. Was that real? Was that fake? And it spurred all this debate, and um, if you believe dirt sheets that you love so much, it kind of worked some of the guys in the back even, you know, over over how real it was. So yeah, I think it's still possible, and yeah, I, I, I think the days of... You know, pretending that every one of these guys is the same human being on camera that they are off camera, it's not necessary. It's, it's passe. And, and I think people are smart enough to separate the character they see on TV from the real person they might bump into on the street.
2: All right, Mike Mills, what do you think about the death of K Fabe?
0: Here's the thing about that. So I still think you could make things believable. I think social media, if you do it right, the thing about social media is you can create angles on there. This whole Booker T, Corey Graves thing. You know, everybody on social media is like, damn, those two are going at it. I still think even though it's quote unquote dead, if you do things right, like Malona said, the the whole Randy Orton thing and elbow to the head that time, you can believe it. I challenge anyone. When you talk about Death of Kayfabe, and I know at the time Kayfabe was still around, y'all disappointed me on this. You know, WPAN, y'all talked about the NWA and Jim Crocker promotions and WCW. And every freaking thing y'all talked about was almost always the WCW era, which doesn't light a candle to the NWA era when it was still under JCP. Well, there was a feud between Magnum and Tully, I Quit Match, famous I Quit Match from 1985 Starcade. Anybody out there? And k Fable was still alive at the time. But if they did this today, the way those two beat the shit out of each other leading up to that cage match, that I quit cage match. If they did that exact same program today, the way they did it back then, you would have people saying, those two sons of bitches really hate each other. And they might just kill each other when they get in that cage. They beat the piss out of each other. There were promos cut where... They were interrupting each other, and they would come in fist-flying, nothing held back. You could feel the energy in the promos and in these segments that they were doing with the lead-up to that match. And then they got in that cage, and they didn't do no flips and shit. They didn't do no dives. They just beat the piss out of each other for 15 minutes. So even though k is dead, if you did that same program today, which will never happen because you can't bleed anymore, I guess— You can get people to believe. There are still things you can do to get people to believe. And that's my biggest argument with the new school is I think we've gotten past the fact a lot of times where it's like, "Eh, I don't know if I believe that anymore. I mean, hey, did y'all see that? It's been a while now, and I don't remember what I had for dinner yesterday. Did you all see when, um, who was it, BJ Whitmer and, um, was it Carino had that match? where they both were real bloody? In ROH a couple years ago? Yeah. I didn't see it, no. I know they were working, but damn, I was like, they're gonna kill each other. I mean, it just was, I think that was the match I'm thinking of. Um, but my point is, you can still do things for people to believe it, and it's gonna come across real. I'll give you another example. K Fab's dead. That Briscoe's program with Bully and Tommy Dreamer, the damn Briscoes are so believable in their promos, and I know they're working. But I watch him and go, God damn, man, they seem so serious. Shit. I wouldn't want to be Bully Ray if I was uh, wrestling in ROH right now. They're going to beat the piss out of him. So you can still do it. Even though it's dead, if you do it right, it's believable. So even though kayfabe is dead, you can still use kayfabe in in the new school. Use social media. Here, I'm going to throw another one at you. I don't know if Sasha and Nia are truly saying what they feel about this whole Ronda Rousey thing. But you know what? Everybody thinks they are. You know what I'm talking about, Crockett? The thing with them yeah, yeah, not being yeah, they're, happy they're... with Rosie being there. Right. I don't know about y'all, but I look on Twitter and there's nothing but people going, damn, they're complaining. I'm here, and that's real. That's real heat. I don't know if it's real heat. I think they're working, because I always think everything's a work. I mean, even pro sports. Right. I think the goddamn game, the Super Bowl was a work, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, everything's a goddamn work. The NBA, it's all a work. Everything in life's a work. So I look at that and go, they're working, but you know what? I believe it. They're they're cutting promos on each other. There's some payoff there coming down the line. I'm telling you, I see it. So, yeah, use social media the right way. Write good storylines. Have good programs. Have good angles. And even though kayfabe is dead, you can still use that old school mentality to create new school feuds. Silas Young and Jay Lethal last year. I'm going to throw another one at you. That shit was magical when they were in that feud. Silas coming out bragging every week, talking about... You know, we ain't seen Jay Lethal in 35 days. I mean, it's just like, dude, it ain't that hard. They do it. ROH does it a lot. I don't know if I see it in other places so much. So you can still, even though it's dead, you can still do it. You just got to do it the right way.
2: All right, Mike. One more chance to tell everyone how bad New School sucks, all right? Yeah. (laughs) All right, here we go. The wrestling athlete of today is much different than the old school, and some would say much better. Old school wrestling might be more credible, but some would say it's more boring as well. Sell us on why we should be uh, just as amazed and entertained by an old school match as we could a 30-minute spot fest of today.
0: Well. This is another bias question. I'm not shocked. I mean, this is obviously tilted towards a new school because literally on the notes that I got, let me tell you how this works. People Crockett sends me a note question for six work rate then versus now. Well, those two things don't compare. There was no term called work rate in the territories. That shit didn't exist, <laughs> at least in my opinion. You had guys that legitimately went out there and they had a lot of heat between each other. So they beat on each other, and they had a blow off at the feud, which would be a steel cage match, coal miner on a, a glove on a pole match. Work rate just wasn't a thing; it's this is like apples and oranges, Crockett you can't compare the two, so yes, I'm gonna say work rate is better in the new school because there was no such thing as work rate back then. We had two guys, two bruising guys who could you know hip toss arm drag, lock up. Drop kick, they had their specialty moves like the junkyard dog where he'd headbutt the piss out you, or he'd do that power slam thump. And, you know, that's what they did. But he had he was full of charisma. So, like, nowadays, work rate will get you by more than I think a lot of times uh, having charisma. Now, some guys have them both. Like, I'm big Briscoe's fan. So those dudes, they got both. I mean, you can't com- – I don't know what you're looking for here, Crockett. You can't compare the two. In the territories, in the old school – Nobody was talking about work rate.
2: You're talking about apples and oranges. Sell me on how great the apple is as opposed to the orange. Why is old school wrestling so tremendous?
0: It wasn't always about what they did in the ring. It was about the story that they told before they got to the ring. Right. So you had a reason back then to want to see two guys beat the piss out of each other. And you wanted your... Good guy, your face to win. When I watch today, nobody for the most part. Actually, I like the heels still, so I'll cheer for them, and I cheer. But nobody today. Like I heard Jim Cornette say this one time, and it's so fucking true. Back in the day, you went to the matches, and you, god damn it, the Horsemen got Dusty again. Next time, Dusty's gonna get him. Nobody, nobody was talking work rate when they left the arena. Now. You leave the arena, everybody's talking about, well, you know, the work rate on match one was this, and the work rate on match two, it's like, damn, dude, can can we just, can we watch it for the feud? Can we watch it for what the guys are doing, not just work rate? Like, I'm big on the whole storyline and the angle of things. And you don't need incredible quote-unquote work rate for that. I assume you're buddies now, Brian, with, uh, with Malonis, with uh, Beer City Bruiser. When I look at Bruiser, who's one of my favorites in ROH, I don't see a work rate guy. I see a son of a gun that's going to go in there and beat your ass. And that's what I like. And he's a good heel. And he knows what he's doing. Does he do some things now that a big man didn't do back in the day? Sure, but that's part of the evolution. You know, that's why the whole work rate thing is just. I don't need work rate. It's good for some things. I mean, but not always. And then the other thing too, you got to have a mix in any wrestling promotion. I don't want just, you know, all work rate guys. Well, that doesn't do anything. If do you Mike Crockett, do you want to watch a three hour program on 205 live every single week? Not that they have a three hour program. But my point is you don't want to watch three hours of cruiserweights all the time. You want to see a mix. Right. So that's why I think work rates overrated even today. I mean, you didn't need work rate right back in the day. You do need it now because you have to have athleticism. You have to have things. These See, the, the challenge nowadays is guys, they have to do more because that's become the standard. Like, you just can't go out there and hip toss, arm drag, and grab a hole, brother, uh, for, you know, all these minutes of a match. Because it's not going to sell. You know, people are going to be bored out of their mind. So the guys have to turn it up a notch. It's just It is what it is at this point. But I'm anxious to hear what Malonis had to say because I've been rambling and I made a Jim Cornette reference, so I know that pissed off Malonis.
2: <laughs> All right, Kingpin, what do you got?
1: Well, I <laughs> i I mean, Mike, I think Mike made most of my argument for me here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I don't think you've done your – Jim Cornette might be done with you after he hears this, uh, this episode if he listens, uh, Mike Mills, because I imagine there's nothing Jim Cornette hates more than the evolution of false finishes, which is just – Finisher, kick out, finisher, kick out, finisher, kick out, uh, of of today. Um, <laughs> nah,
0: he, he he hates he hates Joey Ryan and the Young Bucks more than that.
1: <laughs> I get compared to King Kong Bundy a lot, but no offense to King Kong Bundy, he can't do the things that I'm able to do. You know, like, and that's the evolution of the business. That's that's where it's come. It's not about you know headlock shoulder tackle get it again right <laughs> like it's 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 not about that people aren't going to watch that people have shorter attention spans today why don't you see th- even thirty-minute matches rarely on, especially on TV? People don't have attention spans. We live in an instant gratification society. If it's not hard and fast and, and going constant, if you stop to pause, that's the immediately the the person of today is going to change the channel. You got to keep it going. You got to keep it moving. You got to keep them stimulated constantly because we live in a instant gratification society. People aren't going to watch. Uh, when somebody sits on the mat for for 10 minutes look at the, even the ufc which is alleged shoot fighting the fights that people usually bitch about the most online are the ones that end up in in grappling battles on the ground they like the when people throw they like action or at least the the threat of action to happen so i think it's the natural evolution of of, of the business that has that has changed everything and and the evolution of society as a whole and how they like to be entertained
2: alright well that was my last question guys and I don't even think we need closing statements I think this is like the draw of all draws this is like a 60 minute Broadway this thing
1: how is this a draw he argued my point I fucking won (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you what? <laughs> he argued my point for me. Mike Mills, can you deny that you argued my point for me? You probably made more valid points from my side of the argument than I did. I
0: Okay, so here's the thing. I think people need to realize that there is a possibility that fans in general, wrestlers in general, can respect and appreciate both schools. I think the problem we get into It's like fucking politics, which I hate these days, is everybody is worried about the things that they don't get along with other people about instead of finding the commonalities. And I think we need to look at it and say, you know what? Those old school sons of bitches did a lot right. And maybe we can learn something from it. And you know what? The new school guys, goddamn, that Keith Lee is incredibly agile and he's a hell of an athlete so we can appreciate that and flip gordon god damn he does some good stuff too I, I think the point is you need to realize that if you have both in any wrestling nowadays you would have a better product you really would
2: you agree brian Malonus?
1: i agree yes
0: see see <laughs> but whose idea i'm the one that came up with it though so who, who wins the debate then
2: oh that's a good point
1: (laughs) oh boy
0: put that piss in your cheerios
2: (laughs) i guess maybe it was a misfire on my behalf to put this in a format of a debate but i think you know going through this whole thing we had some good discussion going and you know old school versus new school and something for people to think about out there
1: i agree and we didn't have to uh make mike mills sensationalize steroid and drug abuse jesus christ
2: <laughs> well, let us know what you think on Twitter. Use hashtag Uncivil War Two, the number two, and let us know what you think. Is it going to malonis Should we just call a thing a draw, call the whole thing off? And you know, on a draw, Brian Mike Mills retains the Uncivil War Championship.
1: Shocking! You're supposed to be my partner, but you side with you. You know, you know what's funny, Mike, about this? And I know you listen to the show. When you're not on here, Mike is big, tough-talking guy, and he's you know, throwing barbs at you. And then we get you on here. It's oh, Mike Mills. <laughs> what a coward!
2: <laughs> Love having Mike on the show.
0: <laughs> I told you what Brian Fury said last, not the last time Brian was on. He was on a while back. And I DM'd him and said, hey, let's do the Uncivil War there. Let's you and I have that debate. He goes, let's just do it on your show. So um, he comes on, and the first thing he tells me is, you came in unprepared. <laughs> like, well, I didn't expect that. But, you know, so you had one person in your corner, Malonis. He he said that. Oh, and, and then your little buddy, uh, Scotty, uh, Scotty Maid, what's his name? your little buddy he gonna love that I did that on purpose Scotty because I knew you'd listen to this
1: Scotty Slade <laughs> Scotty was uh,
0: he was on there uh, jabbering at me you know somebody tell that stupid goddamn, uh, southerner that the AWA is in the north no shit Sherlock oh. I think we were talking about like how Vince like you know stole from all the territories I wasn't saying the AWA was in the south my point was he stole people from there but you know, I mean, Northerners have a little have a hard time understanding certain things. But yeah, I was told I was unprepared, but uh, I, I was prepared as I could be this time, considering Crockett gave me a five minute warning on these questions.
1: <laughs> I will say, Mike Mills, as much as I, I bash Southern wrestling, it was it was pretty cool a couple weeks back to wrestle at, in Nashville and, and wrestle uh, you know basically in the same spot that Flair beat Steamboat and. Pretty you know, pretty awesome. Pretty uh pretty spectacular. there were, there were some Starcades there through ninety four through ninety six. I don't know if exactly those were the the banner years of uh of Starcade, but uh and of course that's where Jeff Jarrett debuted with my baby tonight, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so have you um have you seen the match that Steamboat and Flair had where Flare one and then funk in that building that you're talking about have you have you seen I, that i just
1: i just watched it a couple days ago so that's as old
0: school as it probably gets with two guys working pretty much chopping the piss out of each other crowd reaction and then the stunner at the end with you know funk pile drive while trying to pile drive <laughs> rick through a table that just would not break.
1: That's a match that holds up, though. Watching that match, I think that match, if that took place with those two guys today, you know, on pay-per-view or, or, you know, WWE Network or whatever, that's a match that would hold up today, I think. And and there are a number of those matches that do hold up, but it's going to be with guys, you know, guys like that. I, I will say this, and you might disagree, some of the matches I don't think that will hold up are some of the old midnight rock and roll express type matches i don't know how many of those would hold up to the fan of 2018
0: though well you got to put yourself in that time and you got to put yourself in that place I, no babyface was more over or baby faces were more over than rock and roll i've got footage of like the nwa worldwide shows where they, they are fighting through the crowd I, I mean it was a different time i mean nobody cheers for baby faces the way they did now i think they'll hold up just based on the programs that they work. Now, if you went in there and just watched a match between the two, it may not always hold up, but I think, like, if you were to watch the programs that they worked and the feuds that they were in, it would hold up. Matter of fact, I've watched them, and to me, they hold up, but I probably have a little bit of a Southern bias, of course. But you're right about that Flair-Steamboat match. That that stuff holds up because those guys, they had already been built up to be in pretty much megastars, especially Flair, so you get them in there, and they work that style that they work, chopping each other down. It's gonna hold up, and that place uh, that was a, that was a special night. And don't get me wrong, NWA and WCW did some dumb stuff. I mean, the Ding Dongs, you know, for one, that was that that was a pitiful you know attempt at a tag team. They did some dumb stuff, man. I I won't ever deny that. I just think your northern folks up there. I mean, they think I glorify everything, and I'm like, do you ever listen to booking the territory? Because there is shit we bury weekly. It might be something small, but we bury it. I mean, if it's bad, it's bad. We call it out.
2: So we talked about the death of Kayfabe a little earlier. And I guess we killed it today because, you know, we ha- I tried to keep the storyline going of Mike Mills versus uh, Brian Malonis, but we've exposed it all. We've exposed the business that we're all pals. And uh, we support Booking the Territory. <laughs> uh, Mike Mills supports the wrestling podcast about nothing. And I really appreciate, Mike, having you here today on the podcast. Let everyone know how they can uh, hook up with Booking the Territory.
0: Okay, first, Facebook page, facebook.com slash Booking the Territory. You know, click the like button while you're there. Secondly, I'm on Twitter, at Mike504Saints and at BTT underscore podcast. We do two shows a week. It's all on Southern Wrestling. We curse and we swear a lot. Uh, We are the unprofessional wrestling podcast, and uh, (laughs) we do not apologize for it. We have a lot of fun. It's just a damn good time. Both of you have been on it before. uh, But Doc and Harper and myself, we really have a good time. We do have a patron side, but you know what? We do eight free shows a month. So check out the eight free shows a month. And if you like it and decide to become a patron, great. If not, hey, there's still eight free shows a month. It's all Southern wrestling. That's all we talk about. We cover the NWA shows on Thursday night, like the Jim Crockett promotion era. And then on Sunday nights, we cover Smoky Mountain Wrestling, which was Jim Cornette's promotion in the 90s. That, it, it needs to be... Probably praise more than people realize. There were a lot of. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's bad angles in every wrestling promotion, but they did a lot of good things. A lot of talent came through Smoky Mountain Wrestling that, you know, was in the WWF. They had a partnership for a while. So, you know, like Undertaker wrestled in Smoky Mountain. People don't realize that. Shawn Michaels wrestled in Smoky Mountain. People don't realize that. So here and there, they had a lot of WWF appearances. So, yeah, good stuff. We have fun. Check us out. Just search in the Territory, wherever you get your podcast from. Or you can go online, tinyurl.com slash uh, to get to our website where the shows are housed. So, yep, that's about it, Crockett. I think I'm all sold out, man.
2: I really appreciate your time tonight, Mike Mills. Thanks so much for, for doing this. Uh, really appreciate you. Really appreciate the podcast and uh, continued success, my friend.
0: Thank you, Crockett. Good luck in ROH. I mean, I'm sorry. Malonis, good luck in <laughs> ROH. Uh, I, can't, I can't say that to Crockett. He gets blown up at the two count. Oh,
2: God. Maybe,
1: maybe, I'll, maybe I'll see you down in the Big Easy, Mike. You never know.
0: I hope so. I mean, I'll be there. So uh, dragging my girlfriend around. Um, and uh, remind me to tell you a story i got to tell you of uh, my girlfriend, my wife around. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Girlfriend, Jesus Christ. Dragging my wife around uh, Mania weekend. I'm not going to Mania, but I'm going to go to some other events. But i gotta, I got to tell you all a rib I'm thinking about pulling on her on uh, Mania weekend. You'll like this when we stop recording. I don't want to put this out on air because Lord knows women have a way of finding things out. <laughs>
1: you got some editing to do, Mike.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much, Mike. You got it. We want your feedback. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode. Your thoughts on Uncivil War 2. Use that hashtag, Uncivil War 2, with your pick uh, for this thing that kind of broke down there, Kingpin. Well, wasn't quite what I thought it was going to (laughs) be.
1: I think it's a decisive victory for me, would you not say? I told you, Mike. As predicted, right on this very podcast— I said I was going to have him so twisted up like a pretzel that he wouldn't even know what the hell he was arguing
2: <laughs> well I guess we'll let the people speak uh, use the hashtag on Civil War 2 if you're uh, if you feel obliged and we'll revisit this uh, on a future episode of the wrestling podcast about nothing thanks again to Mike Mills for booking the territory and uh, speaking of booking the territory make sure you check out his podcast twice a week Sundays and Thursdays Mike Mills and of course our vantage point the retro wrestling Podcast. Joe Morata and Michael Quinn take you on a ride through the world of old school wrestling. We're talking about old school wrestling today. If you want more old school wrestling, it's our vantage point. com is their main website to get all the OVP goodness and greetings from Allentown with Peter Winson, our friend, a local boy who does his one man show talking about one single episode of television uh, from wrestling's past. So make sure you go uh, listen to Peter, a great show. Greetings from Allentown and finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast that is with Jason Stewart and a cast of thousands. Make sure you find Rundown Wrestling Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. they got stuff all week on that feed, so make sure to check it out. And, of course, the rest of the people here on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. All right, Brian, it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Botchamania Debut Announcement? What? Brian, I suppose you haven't seen Botchamania 360.
1: Can't say that I have.
2: Well, everybody out there, go two minutes and 30 seconds in to episode 360 of Botchamania, and you'll see your friend, the Kingpin Brian Malonis. What? (laughs) Yes. Do you want to go check this out now? (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, all
1: right, all
2: right. So, Brian, you've had the opportunity to go and check this out. I have. Can you describe what's going on in this clip?
1: Yeah, uh, Mike Verna trying to powerbomb me out of the corner and uh, was unable to. He wasn't strong enough to.
2: <laughs> because you sandbagged him, correct?
1: Because I sandbagged him.
2: <laughs> well, you held on to the to the rope, so he couldn't move out.
1: Well, he didn't even try to move. We were t- clearly weren't on the same page here.
2: Oh, so uh, I thought maybe once for the first time you were going to admit that you did something wrong.
1: I didn't sandbag him, though. We were never set. And it was just once you start to get me up in the air, my ass is heavy and it's, I'm going to start going down.
2: Oh, boy. All right. So so you're saying it's a shared blame thing?
1: Yeah, I think so there. Yeah. You know, Mike, here's, here's the thing. And it's fitting that yourself is the one pointing this out and laughing because this I'm sure is put together by by some dickhead who <laughs> you know couldn't lift a 45 pound fucking plate and he's you know making botchamania things and a dude who's 230 and jacked and you know lifting me up uh, and it, it doesn't go as planned and yeah you know but go fuck yourself <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, I will confirm that the guy who does Bachmania is a wee little man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shocking. Go check this out. Bachmania 360. You got to see the kingpin. Is that your debut in Bachmania? I think no.
1: No, I, me and Max were on there trying to break a table. Yes.
2: <laughs> I am the table. Yes.
1: I'm, a, I'm kind of ashamed you brought it up, not because of honor, because we're given credibility and, and publicity to something so stupid.
2: Oh, boy. All right. Well, Mike Verna, the man uh, opposite you in that clip, he couldn't stand. But what BDA Radio stands for is the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDAradio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Get your non-breaking tables at Botchamania and get your breaking news at BDARadio.com.
1: You know, th- these are the these are the same assholes too that when guys are performing something dangerous and it doesn't go as planned will sit there before even knowing if a guy is truly hurt or not and clap their hands and chant, you know, you fucked up, you fucked up, you know, eat shit. <laughs> Is
2: so mad!
1: <laughs>
2: My goodness, Brian. Well, let's well, that try was to your, get that you...
1: was your goal. You got what you <laughs> wanted out of it, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> well, let's move on to the promo on nothing, Brian. Cheer you up a little bit here. The year 1981. Yes, it's old. school. <laughs> as we go,
1: I'm bitching about these guys making fun of something as we're about to make fun of something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my feelings were a little hurt. Yes, it's fine. I actually think I know who does the Botchamania stuff. I think they, I think they have a podcast. One of the dudes has a podcast, and I've talked to him before. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've been on his podcast like a few years ago.
2: Well, it's a British guy.
1: Oh, it is. I, yeah, I thought it was a dude out of Canada that had a uh, podcast.
2: I, I, I think I mean, He's associated with some podcasts, but I know the guy himself. His name's Matthew. He is. Uh, he's a British gentleman.
1: Gotcha. It's fine. Whatever. People like it. People think it's funny. So, it's fine. Shit happens. It was not go as planned. Maybe I came on a little strong there.
2: Maybe it did. Maybe it you did. You
1: caught me a little off guard.
2: We'll edit that out. No, he won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: now nah, leave it in. It's funny. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, let's. Like I said, let's cheer you up, Kingpin. Promo about nothing. Time the year nineteen eighty-one. So yes, it is old school wrestling. From the mid-Atlantic area, basically Jim Crockett promotions. so this is a uh, we'll stuff this up Mike Mills tailpipe, right? <laughs> All right, Brian, it is one of our favorites. Sergeant Slaughter. Oh boy. He is standing by with Bob Coddle to do this very special interview. Let's take a listen to this week's promo about nothing. You What is your name, boy? Leonard? My name is Bob. Well, Sergeant from now on, your name is Jack. You got that? I'm here for one reason. I'm looking for some talent to wrestle. Right now, I'm just looking. I haven't signed my name to any contract. If it comes up, that I will wrestle in this area. I want every one, and woman and child to stand on their feet, stand in attention, and salute me when I walk into from that ring. I am a United States Marine a drill instructor, and I demand respect. R-E-S-E-P-E-C-T. Respect. You got that, Jack? No, I, I'm not sure I got that. That's right. The it. next
0: time
1: I see you I want them shoes shine. I want that haircut. I want them glasses shine. And I want you to so not talk until I give you the order. Is that clear? All right,
0: Bears. That's going to do it for this week, and we'll see you next week. Until then, so long for now.
2: So, Brian, I think Sergeant Slaughter, he invented spelling and promos.
1: <laughs> amongst, amongst many other things he invented in pro wrestling.
2: He's one of the first. We talk about this uh, in our group of friends, but uh, one of the most insufferable parts of WWE DVDs and uh, the old Legends of Wrestling roundtable segments that they, they, they did on the old uh, 24-7 network was Sergeant Slaughter. He was in the middle of every big event that ever happened, right?
1: Tall Tales with the Sarge.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he, he created Yokozuna, right?
1: He did, yeah. He was the first guy ever to come out to entrance music.
2: Yeah. I'm not sure how many people claim that quite a few i know michael hayes as well and a bunch of others but yeah sergeant slaughter said he was the first one to come out to music
1: he had the greatest gimmick in the history of the business
2: which right? one was that
1: was that like a conversation that he had with like vince mcmahon senior vince mcmahon senior told him he had the greatest gimmick in the history of wrestling or was the greatest thing he'd ever seen uh, recently i saw that he was uh, supposed to be the lead singer of some 80s metal hair band
2: yeah, and he was going to play himself in the G.I. Joe movie with The Rock.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> God.
2: <laughs> yeah, he has had more, I mean, this is Hulk Hogan level stuff of just complete ridiculousness, foolishness, things that are untrue, never were true. And yeah, where we first noticed it was on like a episode of Legends of Wrestling, the roundtable show on the old WWE 24-7, where Tim just talking about, yeah, I was the first person to come into music and... They, they have this big Samoan guy, and they don't know what to do with them. They just don't know. So Sarge is like, let me sleep on it. He came back the next day and said, sumo wrestler, and Yokozuna <laughs> was born. Just doesn't wash with me or anybody with a brain. But uh,
1: or, or the uh, <laughs> the claim of, <laughs> for WrestleMania, was it seven
2: well, oh yeah, that they that they had to move into a smaller venue.
1: Yes, for security reasons, they they were yes. going to sell a hundred thousand seats for the Olympic Stadium, but they had to move it indoors because they were worried about snipers trying to take him out due to the Iraqi gimmick. Oh
2: my goodness, <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter. If if I was uh Peter Winston from Greedys Malatown, I would splice together uh you know Aretha Franklin and Sergeant Slaughter's promo, <laughs> but I'm not that. Uh, I'm not that good.
1: If only you had a mixer to use.
2: <laughs> it's sitting right here, Kingpin.
1: Yeah, I'm sure not being
2: used. <laughs> I'm going to dust it off a little bit here. But yeah, I like how Sarge spells respect, clearly incorrectly, and then says, do you know what I'm saying? And Bob is like, no, I'm not sure that I do. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. This is actually unearthed. Uh, if I may say, I found out about this promo on the Botchamadia fan page on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so it all ties in, Brian.
1: I'm over it now, Mike. Jeez, okay. stop going back to it. I'm over it. It's fine.
2: Oh right, Yeah, because Mid-Atlantic Wrestling just recently got put on the WWE Network, and this promo was discovered. So... That's where that whole thing came from, and it was a great promo, a great promo about nothing, and you've heard it. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the WPAN.com. All right, Kingpin, you're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got the dates.
1: I do, Mike. This Wednesday night, I'll be heading to Malden, Massachusetts, UFO Wrestling.
2: It's out of this world.
1: It sure is. But a rare Wednesday night show in, in the Malden area. Find UFO Wrestling on Facebook for all ticket and card information. Then, Mike, this Sunday, the 25th. I'll be heading to the Electric Haze in Worcester, 2 p.m. start time. Find beyondwrestlingonline.com for ticket and card information. Also, they're very active on social media, Twitter and Facebook. Make sure you you come and check out uh, this Sunday at the Electric Haze. No more football, so no more excuses. Get there. Then, Mike, we move on to March. Mm. March the 10th, to be exact. I'll be heading out west, buddy. Uh Uh-oh. I'm heading to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada.
2: You are.
1: I am. Wow. (laughs) For Ring of Honor's international TV taping. If you're out in the area and want to come check it out, definitely go to ROHwrestling.com. And if also you're so inclined, the night before the 16th anniversary pay-per-view, which will... uh, be on traditional pay-per-view as well as streaming pay-per-view options and of course the ring of honor has been talking about the imminent release of honor club and a new website and an app so definitely keep your eyes peeled for perhaps some opportunities with um honor club and some you know information about the pay-per-views and whatnot going forward
2: out to vegas huh
1: yes indeed my first time i've never been to vegas mike
2: yeah you should say hi to uh, gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos when you're out there
1: I know. I should let them know I'm out there. but Yeah, definitely. We'll continue on this segment here, Mike. You gave me shit last time because I didn't give you enough dates, so let's okay. keep going. Okay. <laughs> the following week, March the 16th, it's Chaotic Wrestling's big one. Cold Fury, and yours truly will be taking part uh, in Chaotic Wrestling's Cold Fury. Go to chaoticwrestling.com and find Chaotic Wrestling on social media outlets for full ticket and card information. The very next night, I'll be heading to Western Massachusetts, Chicopee to be exact, for Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling, making my big return to Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. Find Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling on Facebook for full ticket and card information. And then, Mike, the very next day, I'll be heading to Bethany, Connecticut, for Northeast Wrestling. Find Northeast Wrestling on all social media platforms for full ticket and card information.
2: Well, I don't know if there's a lot of room, but you can get on the Kingpins calendar, email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net if you want to book him, or you can DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. All right, guys, we are back here next Monday for episode 97 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. We're creeping up on episode 100. Of course, if you want to roast the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, me, Mike Crockett, or the Kingpin Brian Malonis, 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Until next Monday, here's the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Buckle, and thanks for nothing.